Hello everyone, welcome to another edition of the iOS Lead Essentials podcast. I'm Mike. And I'm Kayo. And this week, we will be talking how you can get better projects and a better career. So, we've been advocating that to achieve a better career, you need to work on better projects. And if it sounds obvious, it's because it is. Because if you work on bad projects, you won't have a good portfolio to show to potential employers. And if you work on bad projects, you will not create work you're proud of, work that will help you find better projects next time. So yes, it is obvious that better projects leads to better careers. It's obvious, but it's not easy. Exactly. So today we will be replying to some common questions the community has about how to search for better projects and subsequently a better iOS career. But before we start, we've been receiving a lot of questions about what changed in our routine because of the lockdown. Right. And we are lucky enough, we have the privilege to say that work-wise, it didn't change much because we've been working from home for a couple of years now. So that didn't change. But our personal routine changed a lot. At least mine. I miss a lot seeing people, seeing my friends. It's been tough staying home. But apart from that, work routine, the same. Workout routine, the same. I've been working out at home as well. I have my home gym. What about you, Mike? Yeah, uh, about the same. The friend stuff is tough, uh, to say the least. About uh, work, exactly the same. And yeah, training, I would say there was an increase in the mileage, you know, on the rower. But yeah, overall, I think keeping the schedule tight, let's say that. What about the day-to-day chores, like going to the shop? Once every week. (laughs) Yes. And then deliveries. That's it. Leaving home the least amount of time possible. Yep. Yeah, so it's pretty tough. Definitely more challenging to get food, but can't complain about it. It's been pretty okay so far. And, well, a couple of weeks back, my shower broke. It was pretty tough to find someone to fix it. But it's solved. And, well, the hair is getting out of control. Well, you saw it first for me in this channel, you know, a a DIY uh, haircut. Yeah, I mean, I had to. So you shaved your own head? Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like I have a mirror in front of me and a mirror on the back and that's it. Yeah, I managed. But again, like I'm not going out. So I'm like, whatever. the the camera only gets this part (laughs) of my face, you know, so I'm good there. Anything else? Yeah. Uh, Actually, there was a significant change in my plans. I was planning to move houses before the madness began with the lockdowns. And yeah, that set me back a couple months. But I'm on schedule right now. So I will be filming from a new location very soon, hopefully. So nothing much changed so far. It's been pretty okay. I don't think we can complain about it. No, not at all. So that's it. 
been working from home, so that didn't change much. Now, questions from people in search for better projects to achieve a better iOS dev career. Let's do it. First question. I've been working in the same job as an iOS developer for two years. I feel stuck. I don't enjoy working on this current project because it's so messy. There are so many bugs and no tests. To be fair, I don't even know how to write tests because no one does it here. I watched your podcast about clean architecture, testing, and iOS salaries, and I want to get to those levels. Please tell me how to get better projects and progress in my career. So, if you already understand that the current situation doesn't give the returns or the rewards you want from your hard work, you need to change. You need to change something. Are you 100% sure you don't have opportunities in this company? If you are 100% sure, if you tried, then you need to change it. Then you need to find a better project. You need to go after it. Because again, to achieve a better career, you need to work on better projects. And to work in better projects, you need to be able to provide value. You need to be able to contribute to those projects. And they might require better skills. You already identified that you don't know how to test and you may have some gaps in your knowledge about app architecture. So you need to fill those gaps. Otherwise, you may not pass the interviews when you apply to better jobs. Exactly. Like that's step one, admission. Step two, get the skills. How do you get the skills? Training, 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 training. You know, find good sources and see what they do and do the same and practice consistently, relentlessly. And when you get the skills, you're going to get the interviews, you're going to get the opportunities to work in these teams. You know, like the better projects, they are being built by better teams. And as you said, you need to be able to contribute to those teams. How are you going to do that? Well, there are requirements that they have. Build those requirements. So if you're looking at someone on YouTube, for example, and you want to have their skills, you shouldn't try doing what they're doing right now. Figure out what they were doing when they were at your level because no one is born excellent. They practice and practice and practice. So you need to learn how did they get there, do what they were doing when they were at your level to get to their level. Yes, exactly. You're not born knowing how to do test-driven development. So listen to them. Like that's, that's... That's my advice. That's what I've been doing, not just with test-driven development, but with anything pretty much, you know? I see something that someone does, and I'm like, okay, I want to be able to do that. Okay, I listen to them, (laughs) how they achieved it. And just, you know, like scripted. I take it literally what they're saying. And a lot of those teams, they have high standards. They're working in exciting projects. They understand that it's hard to find people with these skills. And they normally have apprenticeship programs where you can join and learn from scratch to rebuild your whole technical expertise. And if you have this opportunity, you should take it, even if you make less money right now. Because normally those apprenticeship programs are going to pay less than a normal job, but they're going to prepare you. So in six months' time, in a year time, you can make much more money. It's an investment. Exactly. And as you said, teams can pick up 
on the attitude. Because attitude is like the foundation for greatness. And unfortunately, it's very hard or impossible to teach the attitude to someone. You know, like you can teach them the technical skills, but not the attitude. For example, empathy, right? The attitude is something that comes from within. It's something that comes from you. Only you can build that up. That's it. So if you want to improve, you need to find good sources that can help you improve. You can find it with apprenticeship programs. You can find in books, courses, mentorship programs. There are many things you can do to improve. You need to learn from others that have achieved what you want. Otherwise, you're going to have to reinvent the wheel. You're going to have to go through the trial and error approach. And it's not guaranteed that you're going to get anywhere good. It's better to follow the path of people that already achieved what you want and they can teach you how to get there. Exactly. So if you want to learn clean architecture, testing, modular design, etc., you need to find people that can teach you that. But how do you learn which skills you need to build? Well, you need to go out there. You need to research. You need to apply for jobs. And you're going to see what they're asking for. You know, you need to understand what those companies are looking for. But not any company. Better companies. Better projects. What better projects are looking for. What kind of skills. Because there are many jobs out there. Doesn't mean they're good. So you need to learn how to identify good projects. And see what they're looking for. So my question is, are you applying for jobs? If not, why not? <laughs> you know, the more you put yourself out there, the more you face those challenges, the more you learn, the more you'll be ready, the more you'll know what they're looking for, and you'll be able to assertively develop those skills they're looking for. And those skills normally are testing, clean architecture, modular design, leadership skills, continuous integration, you know, automation, things that makes the team more productive, that delivers better results with less effort, especially in the long run. Because some things may work in the beginning, but as the project grows, they become bottlenecks. So you need to learn what those companies are looking for, because better companies, better projects, they understand what is necessary to achieve their goals. So they're going to be very picky with skills. They'll be very, very picky. And you need to be able to show that you have those skills. So if you find a company, a good company, and they have an apprenticeship program, take the route. Now, if you're working on a company, they don't have an apprenticeship program, but it is a good company. You can ask them to buy courses for you. Any company that is interested in delivering good services, good products, they are going to invest in their staff. Otherwise, if you are on your own, you're going to have to invest from your own money. But again, it's an investment. It's an investment because you're going to build valuable skills that will give you returns for as long as you exercise them. They're going to help you find your dream job. So there are people in every level we described. There are people that are in companies that are teaching them. There are people that are in companies that can invest in their education. And there are people that are on their own. So there's no reason why we're going to be discussing, yes, what if I was here, I was there. No, you need to understand where you are and take the actions necessary to achieve what you want to achieve. And education is key. It's just a matter of understanding how you're going to get this education. Because good education is going to lead to good projects and good careers. It's an appreciating asset, your education. So 
treat it like one. So if you're not going out there, you're not applying for new jobs, I believe you should start doing this as soon as possible. Even during the lockdown, you can apply online. You can have interviews through phone calls, Skype, Zoom, Hangouts, whatever. Of course, you're not going to go to the office. Of course. That doesn't mean you cannot have a pairing session online. You cannot have a technical interview online. It can happen. There are many online courses as well where you can learn, where you can educate yourself. So take this opportunity, take this chance now and invest in yourself. You already identified that you need to improve. The content's out there. The projects are out there. You just need to go after it. That's it. Go after it. Relentlessly. That's it. Put yourself out there and learn from good sources. From experienced people that achieved what you want to achieve. Keep practicing, executing, and you build the valuable skills that good projects, good companies are looking for. That's how you're going to achieve a better career. Next question. In the last two interviews I've been, I failed during the technical stage where I had to demonstrate my skills by coding a small application. After the interview, the reviewers told me that my architectural decisions didn't meet their standards as everything was happening in view controllers. Apparently, my solutions didn't have a separate model layer. Even though I added tests to the project, I didn't get to the next stage of the interview. How can I improve my architecture skills and pass this kind of iOS interviews and work for big companies? I keep looking at my test project and I have no idea how to improve it. So, first of all, many interviewers would give you no feedback <laughs> at all. Exactly. You know, so that's fantastic feedback you got from these interviews. You know already something you can improve. Very accurate. You know exactly what you need to improve. You need to learn how to properly design these architectural boundaries in your applications, especially the, the model layer. So you have a precise feedback to improve. You need to learn how to design a good, concise model layer in your iOS apps. So you put yourself out there, you learn that you have a gap in your knowledge. Now you're going to fill the gap, apply again for new positions, and you're going to either pass or learn something new that you need to improve. And you keep iterating, iterating, and you're going to improve. You're going to achieve your goals. So that's it. How can you improve now? You already know what you need to learn. And that's the hardest thing to know. Normally, you don't know what you don't know. <laughs> so be very grateful for this feedback because it's helpful. You need to build those skills now. How to design a good model layer in your applications. It's clear, but it's not easy. So again, very similar to the previous question. The best way I know, that's my opinion, to improve and learn software design skills and architecture skills is to learn from experienced developers, you know, with support. So you can ask questions when you don't understand something. Because I really like books. But sometimes I'm reading a book and I don't understand something. I have no one to ask. When it happens, it's not great because you have no support. That's why I believe you should find a mentor. Someone that can help you when you get stuck. It's going to accelerate the process so, so much. That's it. And if you're lucky, you are working in a team that can help you. 
that can solve your problems and that can teach you good solutions. But I know that that's not always the case. A lot of people are working on their own or they are unemployed. So they don't have a team that can help them. They don't have a senior developer that is capable of teaching them and helping them progress. Because teaching is also a skill. A skill that you need to practice and you need to master. And a lot of senior developers, lead developers, they are good developers, but they have their own agenda. They are focused more on getting things done rather than helping the team evolve. And we can argue here if that's right or not. <laughs> but that's a fact. A lot of people cannot progress at work because they don't have anyone that can help them progress from the level they are to the level they want to be. So you need to find a course, you need to find mentors, people that can help you get there faster. So if you're working in a company right now and you have someone that can help you, fantastic. Pair with them, pay them a coffee, I don't know. Just be around them as much as you can and learn the most you can from them. As much as you can. If you are on your own, you need to find mentors, you need to find a course, you need to find a mentorship program where you have support, where you can ask questions and someone can help you get unstuck. Because when you're learning, you will get stuck and you're going to have to practice and practice to learn. And when you have someone helping you, showing you the right sources, showing you the right approaches, it can accelerate your learning a lot. But no one can do the work for you. Even with mentors, even with support, you need to do the work. You cannot just be asking all the questions and expecting to learn just by reading or watching a video. You need to apply and apply and apply the knowledge over and over again. So it's 75% on you. The action part is on you and you need the good sources to give you the foundation so you have a solid base to put your knowledge on top. Because if you don't have a solid base, a good foundation for the knowledge that is to come, more complex problems, you'll be very hard to progress. There'll be a lot of copy and paste, stack overflow, and you have no idea what's going on. You just know that if I copy and paste this code here, it works. I don't know why. I'm not even sure if it works 100%. It works right now for this use case, but I'm not sure. Yes. It gives you a lot of anxiety. I don't know why. I don't know how this works. That's why you need good sources, good foundation, and you need to do the work. You need to do what is necessary to improve. No one can do the work for you. You're going to have to do it. But you can have people helping you along the way. You can be part of a community of people that will help you stay on the right path. So you know already that you need to learn how to architect how to design your apps better. Now you just need to find a source that you enjoy, a source that you like, and that can help you. You need to find mentors. You need to find a program, a course. Maybe you can find it at work. Otherwise, you're going to find it somewhere else. Go after it. It's right there. You already know what you have to do. Just do it. Be consistent. Both these uh, developers, exactly, they need to do one thing. Go after it there. They know what needs to be done. They know what's next. It's like, yeah, sure, we're verifying it. <laughs> but you know. And in the beginning of your career or whatever, if you're feeling yourself stuck and you want to progress, don't chase money. Don't chase the money. If you're stuck, don't go after money. Don't go after an opportunity that's going to pay more. If you have an opportunity to work in a company that's going to pay less, but it's going to give you much more spacing and education, for you to improve, it's going to pay so much more than accepting 
a higher paying job right now where you're not going to learn. You're going to be dealing with low standards and bugs and regressions and lack of testing. Yeah. So if you don't need to take that extra money, if you can afford not having that extra money, choose the one that is going to help you progress. Because in the long run, you're going to make so much more money by being excellent. It's not that long run, you know, it's like not 10 years from now or something. No, that's six months a year. Yeah, exactly. Six or 12 months. So you need to see it as an investment. And as we've been saying in this podcast, better projects will lead to better careers. That's that's an investment over time. Like you need to find the projects so they will lead to better careers. It's very simple. You need to build the skills first so you can get the project, so you can get a better career. What does that mean? It means, yeah, like increase your earning power, achieve your financial freedom, you know, all that stuff. But are you saying like you can be in an apprenticeship for three months or, I don't know, like uh, shadow uh, an excellent senior developer for, I don't know, again, six months or something like that? Yeah, of course, it's like, it's worth it. It's worth it because you will not be capped, which you would probably be otherwise if you were stuck in, you know, like a legacy project with spaghetti code, spaghetti architecture everywhere and dealing with uh, unmaintainable code all day long. I mean, first of all, you will hear your life probably, you know, it's like, and that's, that's, that's bad. That's, that, that doesn't lead to happiness. So you need to see it as an investment. There's no other way around that. And yeah, it's not that hard. <laughs> I mean, personally, I would prefer to make $30,000 a year working with a team where I'm learning a lot with the prospect of making 100000 next year than working right now for 50000 a year and next year 50000 and next year 50000 and next year 50000 If you can and you found an opportunity there is a good company, it's a good project, a good team, high standards, and you're going to learn a lot, but they pay not a lot of money, that could be an amazing investment yes. right now. So if you can afford it, don't choose money over quality, no. over education. So that's it. Next question. I've been an iOS developer for over three years. I can develop complex UIs and use frameworks like Core Data and Realm. However, in my last two interviews, I struggled with topics like data structures and algorithms because I rarely use them when I'm developing apps. I finished university about 12 years ago and I mostly don't remember anything. Do I need to practice data structures and algorithms to advance in my career and work in better projects? Well, in my opinion, yes, you need to practice data structures and algorithms. Why? Because to advance in your career, you need to achieve technical excellence. Better projects require better skills. Technical excellence and familiarity with data structures and algorithms is part of technical excellence. It's part of what we do. It's part of our job. Now, if you're saying that you don't use them every day. Perhaps you just don't realize or you haven't noticed, but you do use them all the time. You do use data structures. You do use algorithms all the time. Now, if you don't do it consciously, you're probably using them 
inefficiently. Right. If that makes sense. So when you're using arrays, sets or dictionaries, when we make this decision, I'm going to use an array here, or I'm going to use a set here, or I'm going to use a dictionary here, or I'm going to use a heap, or I'm going to use a linked list. When you make those decisions, you're making decisions based on which data structure is going to be more efficient, it's going to solve the problem in a more elegant way. So you do use them. You do need to understand data structures, how they work, how does a set work, how does a dictionary work, why does a key in a dictionary needs to conform to hashable. Why can I only add hashable things into a set? Why? Why? And then, by asking those questions, you're going to learn the reason why the things work the way they work. Because you've been using data structures and algorithms all the time. Every time you sort an array, how do you do it? Are you doing it in an efficient way? Are you doing more work than necessary? And maybe for many small apps, it doesn't matter. You don't have a significant amount of data that will make a difference in performance. But when you're working on bigger projects or more high-profile projects, those small inefficiencies add up. For looking to work for better, bigger companies, maybe those inefficiencies cannot exist for them. So as part of the hiring process, they're going to test you on those topics and you need to understand the foundation of data structures and algorithms because they're looking for that. It's part of their filter. If you don't know it, you don't get the job. So if they require it, you need to know it. Now, if you don't want to know it, just understand that you won't work for those companies. But this is part of being technically excellent to understanding the whole foundation of building apps. When you create classes, structs, enums, when you make a decision to use an enum rather than a struct, why do you make that decision? Why? Can you explain why? Or is it just instinct? It's much better if you can explain those decisions because you have a foundation supporting that decision. So yes, you do need to know data structures and algorithms because you use them all the time. Maybe you don't write your own sorting algorithms all the time. But it's important to understand if using an array or a set is more efficient or not and why in specific scenarios. So avoid premature optimization. Of course, you're going to measure the impact of your decisions before optimizing. But you need to be able to create proper data structures when necessary. And many companies are going to demand this during the interview process the hiring process. Yes, you need to learn how to use them effectively. And no, you don't need to go to university again. You need to practice it. There are many websites with exercises where you can practice it. Just Google Swift data structure exercise. You're going to find infinite, infinite sources for you to practice and examples for you to learn. So learn, practice, execute. Like always, learn from good sources, practice a lot, and execute. You need to apply it to your work. Because if you don't apply it, you're going to forget it, like it happened. If you don't apply the knowledge, you forget it. We all forget. Exactly. That's how it works. If you don't use something you learned, you're going to forget it. So once you can apply it to your work, and you can explain why you made a decision, then you can unlock this new level in your career. 
you can develop better apps, you can get better opportunities. So in my opinion, yes, data structures and algorithms is important. Not every company is gonna ask that, but it's important to know it's part of being technically excellent, even if the companies are not requiring you to know it during the hiring process. I think it's important that you know how to use data structures, how to create your own data structures, and how to write efficient algorithms when necessary. It's not always necessary, but it is sometimes necessary. And when it's necessary, you better know how to do it. Yeah, I get the feeling that especially the more junior developers basically freeze when they hear these terms, data structures and algorithms, because I think they have in mind all these weird, you know, sorting algorithms that they need to memorize. And of course, it's like very, very hard to memorize, you know, all the different complexities and like the bubble source, the quick sorts and all that stuff. But what they are missing there is understanding like the fundamental. What is an algorithm, for example, you know? And as you said, like <laughs> you're using it all day long in your uh, development process in your life, you know? It's like an algorithm is nothing more than a finite list of tasks to achieve a goal, you know? Like steps. Steps, that's it, like a recipe. I like to call them recipes. So when you're testing, when you are loading something, for example, from the core data store instead of a network, perhaps, you know, like this is a decision. This is an algorithm right there. So they're not seeing it in this way, what an algorithm is, unfortunately. But I totally agree with you. Like this is the fundamentals. You need to understand the basics and you need to connect the dots, connect the dots that, yeah, like all the data structures that you use every single day. Everyday stuff. That's it. Next question. I spent four years as a sales manager before becoming a full-time iOS developer. Now I want to try to get better opportunities by applying to some big companies. Nice. Very ambitious. My problem though is that I don't have a CS degree. Computer science degree. Do I need a CS background to apply for good jobs? Will I be immediately turned down? Well, short answer, no, you don't need a CS degree unless the company requires it. As simple as that. They require it, it's a requirement, you need to fill the requirement. So if you're applying for jobs in the normal CV style, you're gonna send a CV and expect a callback. Well, if they require a CS degree and you don't have it, then you probably won't get a call back. But sometimes they require a CS degree, but you're not going through the normal ways. Actually, the company found you and they liked your work somehow. You gave a talk in a conference or you have a nice blog or YouTube channel and you've been showing your work over and over and over again. Or you work with a lot of people before, they really appreciate what you do you build a good reputation, maybe this company is going to come straight to you and hire you because of your work, because of what you created, because of your reputation. So in some cases, you can bypass this requirement if you have a good reputation. But if you are applying to the normal routes, sending CVs, it's unlikely you're going to pass an interview that requires a CS degree Yeah. if you don't have one. Yeah. 
but a lot of companies are dropping this requirement right now. If I'm not wrong, even Apple dropped that for some positions. They used to require a computer science degree, a bachelor degree, but they don't anymore in some job positions. And I think Amazon is doing the same. I think Google is doing the same. In some positions, they don't require it. So if you don't have one and you have experience and you're good at what you do, you have the skills they're looking for, then you can pass the interviews unless it's a requirement. So do you have the skills they're looking for? Can you deliver what they're looking for? If that's a yes, then that's it. You're going to get the job because a lot of companies, they're not interested in your whole background education. They're interested, can you do the work? Are you good? Can you help everyone around you? Can you make the team more productive? Can you make our product better? Can you help us increase our profitability? That's it. The answers to these questions should be your credentials. It should not be a certificate from an institution, you know, like these are the answers that will give real value to the market, real value to businesses, to teams, to other developers and humans out there. So even if they require, if, I don't know, some companies might say, no, we are strictly hiring CS graduates. Well, whatever, just move on, you know? Yes. Just create the skills and say, you know what? Like if I can provide more value, I can have a better career and that's it. Don't think like, again, a certification is going gonna, is gonna to hand you a position or something like that. This is very, very short-term thinking. And especially in an industry that, you know, like changes around the corner every single yes. day, you know? So just keep improving and yeah, that's it. But if you're telling me I want to work for Apple in that specific position and they require a CS degree, I tried without one, they said no. If that's what you want, then you need a CS degree. That's it. <laughs> and if that's your life dream and that's your life mission, then you get a CS degree and then you apply for that position. But maybe by the time you finish the CS degree, they already dropped the requirement. <laughs> so who knows? You know, but we are not saying that a CS degree is bad. Both of us, we have bachelor degrees. We have university degrees. Absolutely. And that helped us a lot. It helped me a lot in the beginning of my career to get in the job market. I was in a good university and it was really helping give me some credibility in the beginning. But right now, companies don't look anymore. They don't care. Well, most companies don't even care. Right now, I get opportunities. They don't even ask for CVs normally. It's just through the recommendation. Someone say, hey, Richard said he worked with you and he was a very good developer and we need an iOS developer to come here and lead the effort. Do you want to work with us? And that's a yes or no. And then we negotiate terms. That's simple as that. But it takes time to build the reputation. It takes time yeah. to build the network. In the beginning, a CS degree can help you a lot. But you're not in the beginning. You have four years experience. Is it four? Yeah, I think so. No, four years as a sales manager. But you are a full-time iOS developer. So you're already in the market. You don't need a CS degree anymore. You already made it into the iOS industry. Congratulations. Now, some positions will require it, some don't. Simple as that. And good positions 
there are good positions out there that don't require it. So if you don't have it, look for other that don't require it. And I would say lately it's probably the majority don't require CS degrees anymore. That's my perception, at least. Yes. Amazing opportunities out there. No requirement for a CS degree. They require valuable, good skills. That's it. How you acquired skills. Doesn't matter. Exactly. <laughs> Just prove it. Prove that you have the skills. The more clear it is that you have those skills, the better. Yep. That's why we keep saying that you need to have a good blog. You need to go to conferences. You need to start maybe a YouTube channel. You need to put your skills out there so it's clear that you have them. You don't need to go and prove it during a code test. Prove it on a phone interview because it's very hard to do it. The clearer it is that you have those skills they're looking for, they'll come to you rather than you going after them. So make it clear, as clear as possible that you have the skills they're looking for. Advertise it out there. Build your network, build your reputation. And you won't need a CS degree. You won't need any, any kind of paper telling that you can do your work. Your work will be the ultimate truth, the ultimate selling point to your skills. Put your work out there and you will get better opportunities. Yeah. I mean, good luck trying to go back to school if you are already for some time in the market. <laughs> it's like it's like it a works. Versus... I, I know a lot of people that did it, but it's a huge investment going back maybe four or five years to university and working and studying at the same time. It's not easy. It's possible. Yes, it's possible, but it's not the only way you can do it. I also know people they studied on their own and in three, six months, they got the opportunities they wanted without going to university. So it's a choice you're going to have to make based on what you want to achieve. So in my opinion, you don't need one to have a remarkable career. What you need is valuable skills, regardless where you get those skills. Because going to university does not guarantee you're going to build remarkable, good, valuable skills. So that's it. Next question. I've been developing software for the past 10 years. And during the last five, I've been focusing on iOS. However, my architecture skills are very poor. I don't know how to separate my code and I end up placing most things in controllers. What do you suggest I do to improve my architecture skills so I can work on better projects and big companies? So that's what I'm saying. 10 years working, does not guarantee that you're going to get good with architecture. You need to have deliberate practice to improve. You can do something for 10, 20, 30 years. It doesn't mean you're good at it. Yes. You know, you need to practice. You need to learn from good sources and practice, deliberate practice. Because in the beginning of my career, I believed that if I'm just going to the office every day, just showing up, I will learn things. And very quickly, I realized that, no, I can do this for the rest of my life and not learn the proper foundation or learn the principles. So I had to go after those principles. I needed to go after people that could help me improve and actually learn. Because you can have a career of copying and pasting things from Stack Overflow and things works. Sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. And then you look for another answer. And yes, you can have a good career like this can probably make some good money, but are you happy with those solutions? Are you feeling like an imposter sometimes? You know, it's, 
important that if you want to have fulfillment in your work, if you want to be proud of what you do, if you want to be excellent at what you do, that you invest in your education. Deliberate practice. No one can do the work for you. You will find the education, you're going to get the foundation, and you're going to do the work. You're going to practice and you're going to apply what you learn. So if you think your architecture skills are very poor, you need to improve your architecture skills. Find good sources, invest in your education, and do the work. No one can do the work for you. There are no videos or books that are going to solve your problem. They're going to give you the foundation. They're going to give you the steps. But then you need to go and take those steps. Start with the first one, the second one, and keep going. Find mentors that will keep you on the right path. Be part of a community of high standards, a community that pushes you to do work you're proud of. No shortcuts, no lousy hacks, high standards. Find good sources and practice, practice. Do the work. And let's be explicit here. For example, if you are to watch one of our videos on architecture or the professional iOS engineering series where we demonstrate how to build an app with TDD and pre-programming, right? And modular design. This is not doing the work or at least not doing the work 100%, you know? This is like partially learning from a video. So I think this is very, very important to understand. Like you're going to have to put the hours practicing, like starting new projects, you know, and trying to translate what you watch from the videos, what you learn from books, you know, what you saw from presentations and in conferences and stuff like that. So how you can solve problems and how you can solve requirements in a better fashion, write code with more test coverage, being more decoupled, being more modular, etc., etc., etc. right? Again, very, very different things. Learning from watching a video and learning actually from watching the video and putting the practice again and again and again, right? So if you say, for example, oh, I watched Kai and Mike per program on YouTube for an hour, you know, like that, that's not it. That's not, that's not going to cut it. And I know I'm being very blunt here, but it's very, very important to understand that. Maybe he watched a, a video um, for an hour, but then you need to put, I don't know, like maybe 10, 20, 30, 50 hours of practice in, on your own. Yes, you don't learn by watching a video. You don't learn how to ride a bike by watching a video. You can watch the video, see what's possible, understand the basic principles, but then you need to go there and do it and try it. And sometimes you're going to fall until you can ride it with mastery. So it takes time. You need to do the work. Just watching videos is not enough. You need to do the work. So we have a free series on YouTube where you can see a demonstration of how to organize your code base, how to develop an app from scratch following TDD, clean architecture, and modular design. And you will learn a lot by watching those videos. You're going to learn principles. But until you apply it, you won't be able to fully understand it. It's hard to reverse engineer what we're doing because we go fast. Yeah. We're going fast. It's a demonstration. So you can learn a lot from that, but you need to do the work. And if you want to go a step further and learn a step-by-step -step methodology with our support, 
with support of a community of like-minded developers, they want to deliver work they're proud of every day. They're going to push you to stay on the right path every day. We would love to have you join us in the iOS Lead Essentials Mentorship Program. Go to academy.essentialdeveloper.com to learn more. Okay, this is going to do it for this edition of the iOS Lead Essentials Podcast. Let us know your thoughts, your feedback, your questions. We'll see you again next time. Bye, y'all. See ya.